anyone here tonight who has reached their full spiritual potential. All of us still have, if you will, territory to be gained in our walk with God. That there's still growth that that can happen. And because of that, all the principles and, and all the things that are laid out in the book of Joshua then can be applied to us as well because the theme of Joshua is gaining new territory for God. And hopefully as we come into a new year, 2011, that's our heart's desire, is that we want to gain new territory, if you will, spiritually. We want to grow in our walk with God. We want to experience more of God this year than we ever have before. And that's what the book of Joshua is all about. If there are two words that I want you to sort of keep in the back of your mind as we go through the first six chapters of Joshua in the next couple of weeks, it would be these two words, especially for tonight, Joshua 1. Preparation and repetition. Preparation in that God is going to use a lot of time to prepare his people for this journey. In fact, God has been taking a lot of time to prepare his people for this journey. Let's not forget that God wanted to give these very same people the promised land, this this land that was illustrative of the fact that this was a new place for them to go, a, a new experience for them spiritually, and he's had that out there for them as their possession to possess for 40 years. But for 40 years, they have wandered in the desert because of their disobedience and rebellion to God, even though all that time it was out there for them. And they didn't possess what was rightfully theirs and what God wanted to give them. I think about that in the context of our life as Christians, that how many times throughout our life, God has got something out there for us, and we are just not, we're not doing what we need to do to be able to possess what God has for us. We're not doing what we need to do in order to experience what God wants us to experience. We're wandering instead of experiencing the promised land. So preparation is a huge thing. And then like any study of the Word of God, but especially here in the book of Joshua, you see the importance of repetition. As you go through this, as you read the book of Joshua, Think about all the times that God repeats something. That's very important because we know that God only has to say something once to make it important. But when God repeats things, he really wants us to get it. And you see that here in Joshua chapter 1. In fact, one of the key concepts or things that is often repeated in Joshua chapter 1 is the concept not only of being strong and brave, we're going to get to that, but also of crossing over. Crossing over, and what's that mean? We're going to look at that tonight. So let's just dive into it. Chapter 1, verse 1. After Moses, the Lord's servant, died, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Get ready. Cross the Jordan River. Lead these people into the land which I'm ready to hand over to them. First of all, I want to go back to Moses for just a moment. Yes, he's died. But... He was a great servant of the Lord. And the word servant that's used here in the Hebrew language in Joshua 1.1 really means a working worshiper. And I want us to think about service in that way. Because many times, you know, we might 
We might disassociate working for the Lord and worshiping the Lord as two different things, but God brings them together here and is basically telling us that a true worshiper of God works. And that Moses, in the way he lived his life, was a working worshiper. He, he brought those two concepts together, and, and that's what really defined Moses and, and fueled him, was his worship for God then fueled his work, if you will, his service for God. And then his work and service for God showed him how big and how faithful and how great God was, which drove him to worship God. And then as he served God, he saw his inadequacies and failures. And so again, it drove him to worship God. And so it was this beautiful working, worshiping relationship that Moses had. And that Moses was an example of to Joshua, because notice there also that uh, Joshua is called Moses' assistant, literally attendant. It was, again, a, a, a word that talked about the fact that all those years that Joshua walked with Moses, he was being prepared and trained for what God had for him. And, and we all just need to realize that God always us, has us in a preparation mode for something else. And once then we cross over that Jordan in our life, or we we gain victory over that Jericho, and we overcome something or whatever, that then there's going to be that next period of preparation because God then doesn't want us to stop there and stagnate there, but again, continue to reach our full potential and continue to go from one level of our Christian walk to a higher level, to go from one level of Christian experience to another. And one of the things that gets us there is when we have good examples around us, like Joshua did. Joshua had a great example, Moses. A a question I would ask all of us is, who's the Moses in your life? Who's that example that you can come alongside of and, and, and watch how God works and how they walk? As I've shared for many years now, every Christian, in order to live a balanced Christian life, needs a Paul in their life or a Moses, someone who's their spiritual mentor, some great godly example of what it means to walk with God in their life that they can observe. And then we all need a Barnabas, sort of a spiritual equal that we're about at the same place spiritually. And then we all need a Timothy. Or in this case, a Joshua, somebody that we're pouring into or somebody who's learning from us as well. And so you see that happening here in Joshua chapter 1. And then God says to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Get ready. Cross the Jordan River. The words get ready. Stand up and fulfill your potential. God would say that to all of us. That in the beginning of 2011, God wants all of us, like Joshua, to, in a sense, stand up and fulfill our spiritual potential. There are still things to experience with God out there that we haven't experienced. There's a depth to our relationship with Him and to our understanding of His will and His Word that you and I still need to go after. And again, it doesn't matter where we are spiritually. It doesn't matter whether we're a new believer or whether we're a seasoned believer. All of us still have more of God and more of his word to be able to capture. One of the great hymns of the faith that is one of my favorite is more about Jesus. More about Jesus, would I know, more of his faith to others show. And that's what Joshua here is hearing from the Lord. Joshua, 
There's more for you to experience that I have for you. Stand up and fulfill your potential. Cross the Jordan River. Literally, go beyond or go further than you've ever been before. You see, the Jordan River in the book of Joshua represented sort of that line that the children of Israel had never crossed. And by crossing the Jordan River, it was illustrative of them going beyond or going further with God in their relationship with him than they had ever been before. And God, in a sense, is calling each one of us at the beginning of this year to say, will you come further with me this year than you've ever been before? Are you willing to do it? Now, we're going to see crossing the Jordan River, especially the way God has designed it, isn't easy. But, but why God designs it that way is so that we will be strengthened and we will grow in our faith. And then when we do cross that Jordan River, we will be stronger in order then to face the challenges on the other side of that Jordan River. Because once we've went further with God, we're going to find there's still further to go. And then that preparation will continue throughout our life. So he basically says to Joshua, lead these people into the land, into new territory, which I am ready to hand over to them. I want, as God, to place it into their hands. I want you to think tonight. I want you to meditate tonight and this week. And even at times in your prayer time, close your eyes and think about what God wants to hand over to you that he hasn't yet. And all it's going to take from you and I is just that measure of faith and trust and belief in God to be willing to cross over and to go beyond and to go further with God than we've been up to this point in our life. There's more to experience out there. And if you're like me, the ride so far with God's been wonderful. It's been a great 35, 36 years with God since I became a Christian. I've experienced a lot in that time. But the cool thing about the Christian life on this side of glory is that there's always more to experience. There's always more to, to understand, always more to grasp. And God is asking each one of us tonight, as you and I study this book of Joshua, it's going to be a tremendous challenge. And yet, what a great way to start the new year for God to say to all of us, come on, come on, my child. I want to take you somewhere where you've never been before. And when you get there, you'll be like, why did I wait so long to get there? This is wonderful. And then when we get there, God's going to say, oh, I got even something better. Come on, keep, keep coming, keep coming. And that's what God was saying to Joshua and to the people of Israel. The time for wandering was over. The time for crossing the Jordan was here. So he says, I am handing over to you every place, verse 3, you set foot as I promised Moses. Your territory or your borders or boundary will extend from the wilderness in the south to Lebanon in the north. It will extend all the way to the great river Euphrates in the east, including all of Syria and all the way to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to resist you all the days of your life. Literally in the Hebrew, no one will be able to take their stand against you so as to impede your progress. And that's still true today, folks. The only one that can impede our spiritual progress is us. Because God says if there is an obstacle, if there is opposition, if there is something blocking the way of progress with God, God is saying to the people of Israel, to Joshua, and to all of us even today, I'll remove it. You just got to trust me. 
whatever is in your way, whether it's a Jordan River at flood stage, whether it's a walled city like Jericho, whether it's all the, uh, all the enemies that were in the land that Israel needed to drive out, I'll be there. I'll do it all. I'll remove it all. The only one that can impede that progress is us and our lack of trust and faith and belief in God. We need to remind ourselves of that. Because sometimes, like we were talking Sunday, when we come up against opposition and obstacles and all of that, we just throw up our hands and say, I'm done. And God says, press through, press forward. Let me take you through this. Rather than remove it, go around it, or take it away. And then he says, as I was with Moses, literally as I stood by Moses, so I will stand by you. And I want you to take that promise from God to heart tonight, too. God is saying the same thing to us. I'll stand by you in this journey. And then he goes on to say, I will not abandon you. Literally, I will not let go of you or leave you. Literally, walk away from you or take my eye off of you. Think about that. You see, in going beyond or going further than we've ever been before, God understands there's, there's a fear factor there because there's always, as a human being, the fear of the unknown. But God, I, I don't know what's on the other side of that Jordan. That, that even, that's even what makes death, even for the Christian, sort of. I know the Bible says that, you know, death is victory and death has been swallowed up. And I know I'm going to heaven when I die and stuff. But, but death, there, there's that, that boundary there. And I, I don't really know what's on the other side. And God understands that. And that's why God says, Every time in life that you are getting ready to go beyond and go further than you've ever been before, God's promises need to be ringing in our ears that we will go nowhere without him and that he will be there with us every step of the way, which is exactly what the psalmist said, even when the psalmist talked about going through the experience of death. He said, even when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, you're there with me. Your rod and staff comfort me. And so it doesn't matter what we experience in life, we never lose the personal presence and promises of God. And so I hope tonight that you and I at the beginning of this year will concentrate on those promises of God. Because notice it is the promises that God is giving to Joshua and to his people that are going to help prepare them for what's ahead. And God would say the same thing to us. Verse 6. Be strong and brave. Literally, be resolute, be determined, be persistent. It takes courage to obey God and to go further and beyond where we've ever been before. And you'll notice as we go down through here that several times God repeats this to Joshua. Be strong and brave. As we talked about Sunday in our start of our series on spiritual stamina. God is saying to us, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. You need to be enduring. You need to be persevering in order to do the will of God. Has anybody memorized Hebrews 10.36 yet? From Sunday? You need endurance in order to do the will of God and so receive the things that he has promised. Hebrews 10.36. 
endurance in order to do God's will. And that's exactly what God is telling Joshua here. Be strong and brave. You must lead these people in the conquest of this land, in literally taking possession of this land that I solemnly promised their ancestors I would hand over them. So again, get the concept. God in his mind has already handed this land over. It's just a matter of them possessing what they already possess, if you will. The same thing is true in our life. God is saying to Jeff Royce or anyone else in this room, Jeff, I've got new territory for you to gain. I've got new things for you to experience with me. And the only thing holding you back is you, Jeff. Because even if there is opposition or obstacles in the way, I'll remove them. And and, and so you just trust me and, and I'll take you further, Jeff, than you've ever been before. It's already there. Take it. I mean, think how sad it was in God's mind that this land was these people's already for 40 years. And yet I'm sure his heart ached as he watched them wander around the desert and just die off that whole generation that didn't believe. Until it came to this generation, the generation of Joshua and Caleb that did believe that they could go into that land and possess it. No matter whether the giants were in the land or whatever else they had to overcome, that with God they could overcome all things. And so verse 7, God says, make sure you are very strong and brave. Literally, God is saying, make sure that you lean on the strength that I provide. Because when God says to us, be strong, he's not asking us to somehow, you know, get inside of ourselves and, and sort of like stir up or cook up some kind of inner strength that we have as human beings. He's asking us to, in a sense, receive the strength that he wants to give us. Same thing in the New Testament. Paul says in Ephesians, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not our might, his might. And so when God says to Joshua, I need you to be strong, he's saying, I need you to lean on me to provide you with all the strength you will need for this new journey into this new territory. Notice, verse 7, carefully obey all the law my servant Moses charged you to keep. The words carefully obey talk about not only a, a continual thing, but how vigilant we need to be in order to be obedient to the Lord. That the Lord looks at his word and the principles out of his word and the instructions or directions out of his word as something that we really need to be vigilant and, in a sense, diligent about. And notice it's not obeying part of the law. It's obeying all the law. And again, this word is simply used not as, as the law, the Old Testament the sacrificial law, the ritualistic law, these are talking about the principles of living, the moral principles, the instructions of of life that God has given to us in his word. And so again, God sets his word at, at the very center here of gaining new territory for him. Notice he goes on to say, do not swerve from it to the right or the left. A couple of things that means. First of all, don't lay it aside. Don't lay it aside and don't neglect it. That, that if, if, this is, if this is our chief navigating system, then keep it forefront in your mind and in your heart. Uh, you know, we live in a world today where, you know, a lot of vehicles now have those navigational systems. You know, we, we don't need to know where we're going. We just get in the car or the truck or whatever and, you know, it tells us where to go. 
And, and God, in a sense, is saying, okay, take that concept of modern life and apply that to my word. That in a sense, God is saying, don't make one turn in your life without consulting what my word says. That my word should be the chief navigational system of your life. Don't, don't depart from it. Don't make a turn without it. Don't lay it aside. Don't neglect it. So that you may be, notice verse 7, successful in all you do. Now there's a lot of misunderstanding about what success means. It's, it's really clear what the Hebrew word means here for success. And it's not what we think. The word success here means to have great insight and discernment. That's what God thinks success is. Having great insight and discernment. To, to be able to see, in a sense, beneath the surface. To be able to see things as they really are. To be able to see beyond what others can see and how others can see. To be able to see the big picture rather than getting caught up in the, the details, if you will, of it all. God says that will be the outcome of those who are saturating their mind with my word and not making one turn in their life without making the word of God the chief navigational system of their life. This law scroll, verse 8, this written scroll must not leave your lips. In other words, first of all, God wrote it down so that it could be referenced. And then he says, don't leave your lips because God also wants us to speak it. He, he wants us to speak the word of God. And sometimes even I, I catch myself in my prayer time speaking the Word of God. Nothing wrong with that. And God, I think, wants His people to speak the Word of God to each other. There is power in the Word of God. And then he goes on to say, you must memorize it day and night so that you can carefully obey all that is written in it. Now, I'm not anti-memorization of Scripture. But the word translated in my translation, memorize, literally means in the Hebrew to meditate or ponder it. Meditate and ponder it. In fact, I've shared with people over the years, that's why I study so many months ahead. Because I want to give the Holy Spirit as much time as I meditate on a passage of Scripture to bring things to light that I would never have time to if I was in a hurry. I mean, when I was growing up in church, because I talked to pastors, I, I was always interested in the ministry, even though I didn't want to be a pastor. And, and I would ask them, you know, you know how, how do you do this? And, and many pastors, uh, you know, whatever they, they speak on Sunday, then they come into their office on Monday, or a lot of them take Monday off, so they come into their office on Tuesday, and they begin to study for the next Sunday. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but then you're leaving yourself four days, and that's if nothing comes up that you really need to deal with in order to truly meditate on the Word of God. And I don't take any credit for this, but back when I was 23 years old and started out in the ministry, God just said, Jeff, I want you to study months ahead. I want you to get out ahead of this because I want you to be able to meditate and ponder the Scriptures because I have found in my life, and I'm only doing this to encourage you, 
the more I meditate and ponder on the scripture, the more I see. <laughs> Gee, there's a, you know. But, but we forget that. We forget that. And so sometimes I just encourage Christians, listen, I know you might not have a half an hour or an hour every day to spend in the scriptures before you get off to work or you do something. But what you and I can do is we can write a verse or two down on a three by five card or something. And we can take that with us throughout the day and we can look at it throughout the day and we can meditate and ponder that throughout the day. And that's exactly what God is saying to Joshua. And here's why. Not just that it's an end in itself, but so that you can carefully obey all that is written in. In other words, God is talking about the diligence and the discipline that we need in our daily walk in order to experience going with him to a greater and higher level. Then you will prosper and be successful. Literally, then you will see advance in your spiritual life and you will make progress. Verse 8. Now, I'm just going to stop and, and say, many times, why Christians aren't possessing all that they could possess and experiencing all of God that they could is simply because we're not willing to pay the price that it takes to do it. We're not holding up our end. God's saying, it's out there, and I'll be with you, and I've given you everything you need, but, you know, we don't do what it takes. And that's why I share with people that the spiritual and the physical really do parallel because, you know, like at the start of the new year, I don't know, I I think I've seen a bazillion lose weight commercials, you know. And and we all know that, that if I want to get into shape or stay into shape physically, I've got to begin to change the way I eat and exercise. And if I discipline myself, to do those things that I can get into shape and I can stay in shape. In fact, it only takes a couple of weeks of making those hard choices sometimes to begin to see progress. Well, the same thing is true spiritually. If a Christian would just commit themselves to to doing the spiritual disciplines, even within a couple weeks, you and I will see a change in our attitude and a change in our perspective and a change in all this stuff. And then that progress will encourage us to keep on going because we see how God is using it in our life. God is saying the same thing to Joshua. So verse 9, notice, I repeat, be strong and brave. Repetition. (laughs) Don't be afraid and don't panic. Literally, don't be in all of anything but me, God says to Joshua. Don't be in all of anything but God. And the word panic literally means to be shaken. Don't be shaken by anything. For I, the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, the self-existing one, your God, am with you in all you do. In the totality of life, in the whole of life, there is nothing that we do in life or experience in life that God is not with us. So God has given Joshua and the people of Israel and us tonight all of these promises. And God wants us to prepare ourselves with these promises and with his word being front and center in our lives. Now notice verse 9. Or verse 10, Joshua instructed the leaders of the people. And notice when that happened, though. Very important principle. 
Joshua's ministry to others was out of the overflow of his own time with God. Joshua didn't try to build into others and speak into others until he had had his own time with God. And we need to be that way as well. That we minister to others and speak into others and, and encourage others and serve others and everything out of the overflow of our time with God. And then Joshua says to the leaders, go through the camp, literally the encampment, and command the people, prepare your supplies for within three days you will cross the Jordan River and begin the conquest of the land the Lord your God is ready to hand over to you. First of all, prepare The word means a readiness that leads to stability. A readiness that leads to stability. Are we ready? See, God wants to give us something. Are we ready to possess it? Are we ready to take it? Or are there still preparations that need? And if there are, that's fine. God will work with us and continue to prepare us until we're ready to, in a sense, possess what he wants us to possess. But maybe you're right there. You're ready. You're ready to go further. You're ready to take that step and cross that Jordan. Then God says, great. Because it's, it's living in, in that continual readiness as a Christian that really brings stability to our Christian life. And then again, that repetition of cross the Jordan River. Go beyond. Are you and I willing to cross our Jordan? And what is our Jordan? It's different for each and every one of us because we're all at different places. But God is saying to all of us and encouraging all of us, there's good stuff on the other side of that Jordan. Are you willing to do what it takes to cross that Jordan and go somewhere with me where you've never been before and begin the conquest of the land? Literally, this means to move out of your way what stands in your way. Because... As we gain new territory for God, there will be things that stand in our way, whether it's a Jordan River at flood stage, whether it's Jericho, whether it's AI, whatever it is like it was in the book of Joshua. There will be things that stand in our way of our spiritual progress. But God says, I will be willing to move out of your way what stands in your way if you trust me and believe in me. They've already seen this. Their ancestors did. They thought they were backed up and had no way out. Here comes Pharaoh and his army back after them. There's the Red Sea behind them. And as far as they were concerned, humanly speaking, they were cooked. And God said through Moses, basically, I will make a way where there is no way. And God parted the Red Sea and the nation of Israel went through the Red Sea on dry ground. And God is saying, whatever obstacle is in your way, I, God, will move it out of your way if that means spiritual progress with me. Because the Lord, your God, is ready to hand this over to you. Literally, he's ready to entrust you with this. Because that's what what God looked at, the, the, the promised land, as an entrustment, as a stewardship. Because again, it wasn't an end for itself for the children of Israel just to go there and put up their feet and just relax. It was to be a place where the light of God would shine to the nations of the world and where the people of God would be a light. God said, I'm I'm ready to entrust this privilege and responsibility to you. And I think you're ready to take it. And God is saying the same thing to us. There's some further spiritual responsibility or stewardship or entrustment out there that God wants to hand over to you and say, here, 
And if we're faithful in the little things, God says, I'll give you more. And so God is just saying, whatever I'm asking you to, to be a good steward of and, and to manage and that I've entrusted you right now, you just be faithful to that. And if you're faithful to that, I'll give you more. Because God always wants to entrust more to his people. Because he created us to rule and reign. So, Joshua told the Reubenites, verse 12, the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, verse 12, remember what Moses, the Lord's servant, commanded you? That the Lord your God is giving you a place to settle and is handing this land over to you? See, there was two and a half tribes that that Moses had said, God's going to give you this part, and you're really not going to have to fight too hard for that. But if God gives you that land, then you have to be willing to go in and help the other tribes fight for what they are going to have. Now, I also want to say this. This is an important concept that people misunderstand from the book of Joshua. In verse 13, when God says, the Lord your God is giving you a place to settle, that word literally means to rest or to settle down, to remain. But rest in the Bible, for the most part, especially in the book of Joshua, is not the absence of conflict. It is the contrast to wandering that they've done for the last 40 years. See, from God's perspective, rest means I'm going to give you a place where you can stop wandering, where you can settle down and you can call it your own. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be conflict. If you read the book of Joshua, you know that the whole book of Joshua is about what? Conflict. Guess what? If you and I want to go further with God, guess what we're going to run into? Conflict. Do you think Satan's just going to go, oh, Jeff, you want to go further with God? Sure, go right ahead. Do do you think the enemies of, of God in the world are just going to sit back and say, oh, Christian, you want to? Sure, go right ahead. And I'll just say this, sometimes Christians are even the ones that cause the opposition. Look at Peter, which reminds us that any of us can fall into this trap. Peter, the leader of the apostles, he was used by Satan. He was trying to talk Jesus out of going to the cross. And what did Jesus say to Peter? Get thee behind me, what? Satan. Peter, (laughs) you're being used not by God right now. You're trying to oppose me from doing what God's called me to do. So we can face opposition from any, anywhere. And if we think that we're going to make progress in our walk with God without conflict, that is an unbiblical viewpoint. Read the book of Joshua. Rest is not absence of conflict. Rest is the contrast to wandering god didn't want his people wandering anymore he wanted them settled in a place where they could be the light he said your wives your children verse 14 cattle may stay in the land that moses assigned to you east of the jordan but all you warriors this is very interesting don't miss this the word warrior in the hebrew literally means champion or hero now hang in there this is cool God is saying that all you warriors, you champions or heroes, must cross over armed, ready for battle, ahead of your brothers. 
you must help or literally support them until the Lord gives your brothers a place, place like yours to settle or rest or remain and then conquer the land the Lord your God is ready to hand over to them. Then you may return or go back to your allotted land and occupy the land Moses, the Lord's servant, assigned to you east of the Jordan. Don't miss it. God is saying that a champion in his eyes, a hero in his eyes, is somebody who helps someone else get their promised land too. Someone who helps another Christian get to a place with God they've never been before. That's a champion or hero in God's eyes. Not just someone who's looking out for themselves saying, I want to get somewhere, that's great. But who, who is willing to help and support someone else getting somewhere with God that they've never been as well. God says, that's a champion. That's a hero. Someone who's willing to support someone else. And then verse 16. They told Joshua, the people of Israel, we will do everything you say, Joshua. We will go everywhere you send us. Just as we obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. But may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Any man who rebels against what you say and does not obey all your commands will be executed. Be strong and brave, Joshua. couple things. In order for the people of God to move ahead against our enemy, our common enemy, God's people need to be united. And they need to be united behind the leadership that God has called to lead. The problem is disunity comes a lot of times into the body. And we begin fighting each other rather than fighting who our real enemy is. I just want to say tonight, I certainly appreciate your support as I attempt, obviously, with God's help and grace to lead this church. Folks, this isn't something that I wanted to do. This is something that God called me to do. But I certainly appreciate the help and support of the people who are hanging in there with me and who are saying, we'll go with you that we believe in what this church stands for, that we believe in what you're doing, and let's do this together. Because we can get a lot further as a group of people who are unified behind a common purpose than we ever can when we begin to focus on each other. And I love what the people of God say to Joshua. They basically challenge him. You be strong and brave. And, and it, it's the idea that, that people are looking for strong spiritual leaders. People who will stand up and lead. And be who God has called them to be. I just want to say, I know I am blessed to have you folks here with me. 
because you're a special group of people. And you're a group of people that if God wants to take us further into unknown territory, you're the kind of people I want to go with. Hey, I, I'm like, I don't know what the future holds any more than Joshua and the people did. I don't know what the future for the oasis is. But I do know this. I do know that as we go on this journey, we're going to go with this book being front and center of all that we do. And if you believe in what we're doing here at the Oasis and you believe in a church that truly wants to teach and preach the Word of God so that we all can continue to grow and gain new territory for God, I would just say, let's come on. Let's come together. And let's do this together and see what God will do with the people who are totally committed to Him and to following Him and to gaining new territory with Him. He said He'll be with us. I know He's been with us the last nine months. And He's going to continue to be with us in this new year. But boy, it sure would be good to have a group of people who say, you know what, let's not Let's not do it with this group going in this direction and this group going over here, but let's all come together and let's unify behind this. And let's say that we want to be a church, that everything that we do, every ministry that we do, every group that we have, it's all going to come back to this book right here. And we're going to grow people in the Word of God and make the Word of God central in people's lives. That's what God told Joshua. Joshua, I want you to obey this. I want you to meditate on it. I want you to carefully obey it. I don't want this to to depart from your lips. I mean, God said this has got to be a priority in your life. And that's what we want to do here. We want to make the Word of God the priority of our lives. Thank you for being here tonight. What a great group to start the year off with, especially considering the pastor forgot to mention it on Sunday. What a leader, right? Oh, well, let's pray. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for reminding us that God going further with you is not easy. It can be very difficult and very challenging. And it can even require a high level of commitment that many times we're not willing to make. But God, help us to see. Help help us as we get into the Word of God to have that insight, that, that perception, that farsight even, to see that what's out there ahead of us what you want for us to experience, the the potential that you have built into our lives that we haven't yet reached is so wonderful, so beyond what we could ever describe and imagine that, God, if we're just disciplined and just diligent and committed to you and, and give our all to you, God, it will be worth it all. Every battle, every conflict, everything that we go through, everything that has moved out of our way, every opposition, every obstacle, Everything is worth it as we capture new territory with you. Because that's what you were trying to prepare the children of Israel for. 
that it will all be worth it. And that God, is, as we live in a culture that tries to spin the Christian life in a way that come buy our books and come here and whatever because we want to teach you the easy Christian life. God, help us to see tonight that the fulfilling Christian life isn't easy. It is filled with conflict and challenge. But it is absolutely the most fulfilling, satisfying life that we can ever experience on this side of heaven. Help us to remember that and to keep that right in front of our eyes each and every day. That everything we go through for you and with you to gain more progress in our walk with you, it's all worth it, God. It's all worth it. So may we as a church, at the beginning of this year, find a group of people who are willing to come together and say, let's go. Let's not just go individually, but let's go. And as we go, let's, let's help others get there too. And let's support others on our journey to go with you, God, to a place we've never been before. I believe, God, with all of my heart that you raised up this church for a purpose. And that the purpose primarily was to be a church that really put your word out there. And really, I mean, focused on your word like few churches do anymore. Help us, Lord, to continue to be that. To continue to truly make the word of God front and center. And we'll give you all the glory for how you use it in our lives, and as you bring others who are hungry and thirsting for your word in here as well. We pray in Jesus' name.